Welcome to the Palm Harvest Podcast. We are a community in Costa Mesa, California. To know more about us, visit our website, palmharvest.com. To follow along with today's message, download the Palm Harvest app and click on Sermon Notes. Thank you for listening. My name is Mike Dicker and welcome to the Palm Harvest broadcast. Wherever you might be tuning in from today, I'm super glad that you've decided to join me for this conversation. You know, today I find myself in the Minneapolis airport. Just a few uh, days ago, I got an airplane uh, out of Orange County, California to head out here to the Midwest to celebrate uh, the life and the legacy of one of my uncles who, who recently died. You know, this airport is, is symbolic, really, of the truth that we, uh, as you know, humans, both you and myself, are on a bit of a road trip. Life is a road trip, and it's filled with all kinds of surprises. For the last you know, several weeks, we as a church family uh, all across this nation have been looking at the life story of a guy who was on a bit of a road trip. Remember, his name is Naaman. In 2 Kings chapter 5, we're told that Naaman, as this military commander, is on the hunt, he's on this, this, this road trip, this journey, to try to experience a miracle in his life. Do you remember what uh, ailment plagued Naaman? Well, if you're familiar with his story, you'll remember how Naaman had a skin disease, how Naaman uh, suffered from leprosy. So Naaman gets this intel. He learns that there's this prophet, this miracle man, so to speak, who lives in a neighboring country. And so Naaman gathers his horses and his chariots and his military command, and off they go with 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold, like 10 sets of clothing, all on this this adventure to try to have this hopefully uh, outcome, this positive outcome uh, in, in Naaman's life. Now, here's the big idea. This is the conversation we've been having week after week after week. But here's the big idea that I want to kind of you to keep in the forefront of your thinking of our conversation today. And that is, changed heart, changed focus. Changed heart, changed focus. You know, church, one of the, the truths that the Bible teaches us, which I suspect you have likely experienced in your own life, uh, those of you who are followers of Jesus, it's the truth that when we give God, our Heavenly Father, our Creator, permission to work in our life, uh, one of the things that He does quite often is as He changes our heart, He changes our, our focus. He changes our, our priorities. He changes our values. He changes how we look at, at, at things. And as we're going to see here in our story today, what we the transformation that, that we see are going to see God do in Naaman's life really is transforms him from a guy who is me-focused, transforms him from a guy who where the world kind of is all surrounds, you know, around him in his world, where he becomes suddenly other-focused, where he becomes 
almost even, as we're gonna see here, God-focused. So I'm, I'm sort of giving away where we're, I'm going in all of this, but I just wanna reinforce this kind of this funky um, big idea, and that is changed heart, changed focus. Now, if you have your Bible, I want you to turn in it to 2 Kings chapter 5, and I'm going to pick up Naaman's story at verse 15, okay? So, Naaman has gone on this journey. He's left the, the, the sort of the, the kingdom of, of Syria. Naaman has left the kingdom of Syria. He now finds himself in Israel. He's been at the, the prophet Elisha's doorstep, and he's received this assignment to go down to the Jordan River and to basically baptize himself, dip himself seven times where uh, God does shows up, does this miraculous activity in his life and completely restores, restores Naaman's skin to that like of a young child. So now we find Naaman is headed back to the home of Elisha where he wants to have this kind of this face-to-face -face encounter with this prophet. And so if you have your Bibles, look at verse 15. I'm just going to pull up my computer here that I have here uh, with me and uh, I'm going to read it. And this is what we read. So then Naaman, and try to picture the scene in your mind. Then Naaman and his entire party went back to find the man of God. They stood before him and Naaman said, now I know that there is a God in all the world. There is no, now I know that there is no God, no God in all the world except in Israel. So please accept a gift from your servant. So Naaman has experienced this restoration this, of his skin. He realizes, my goodness, God has showed up. He's touched my life. And now he's going back and he's, he's making this declaration. I know there's no God in all Israel, of the world except Israel. Verse 16. But Elisha replied, Surely as the Lord lives, whom I serve, I will not accept any gifts. And though Naaman urged him to take the gift, and though Naaman urged him to take the gift, Elisha refused. Then Naaman said, All right, but please allow me to load two of my mules with earth from this place, and I will take it back home with me. From now on, I will never again offer burnt offerings or sacrifices to any other God except the Lord. However, may the Lord pardon me on this one thing. When my master the king goes into, into the temple of the god Ramon to worship there and leans on his arm, may the Lord pardon me when I bow to. Go in peace, Elisha said. So Naaman started. Humility is a marker of God's activity. Humility is a marker of God's activity. Church, did you know that one of the ways that you and I can tell whether or not God is active in our life is really by the way that we think about people. You know, when God's Holy Spirit is, is at work in your life, one of the transformative indicators I propose that you and I can know that God is shaping us and working in us is by 
is really evidenced by the value that we place upon others. You know, when you read this Bible story here in 2 Kings chapter 5, we can read how when Naaman first shows up at the prophet Elisha's house, he does so really with an attitude uh, of, of arrogance. You know, Naaman uh, shows up and, and uh, what's Elisha do? He, he, well, Elisha sends out a, a messenger, right? He tells, sends out this messenger to give uh, Naaman the, sort of the marching orders to go down to the Jordan River to, you know, to dip himself seven times so that his skin can be restored. restored. And if you, if you grab your Bible again and, and you look at verse 11, the, the Bible writer describes for us how Naaman really, he, 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 he gets he gets angry, right? That's his reaction. He, he, he pops a cork because the prophet Elisha is not responding the way that Naaman expected him to respond. What's he write? What's the Bible writer write? He says, I thought he would come out and wave his hand right over me. I expected him to call upon the name of his Lord to heal me. Naaman's focus is on himself. But to name his credit, as we've talked about in previous weeks, after listening to his officer's sort of uh, input and after obeying the, the prophet's uh, instruction to, to, and he Naaman exercises his step of faith, he goes to the Jordan River, he dips himself seven times, and bam, what happens? God not only really allows Naaman to experience his healing restorative touch on his life, but I also want you to notice what changes as we see here in Naaman's attitude in verse 15. Look at it. Let me just read it one more time. 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 15. It says, Then Naaman and his entire party went back to find the man of God. They stood before him, and Naaman said, now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel, so please accept a gift from your, from your servant, right? Church, where's Naaman's focus now? Or, or maybe another way of asking that question is where isn't Naaman's focus? You know, Naaman's focus is, is not on himself, rather the Bible writer makes it clear that Naaman's focus and his attention is on who? Hint, hint. It's on God, isn't it? Now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel, Naaman says. And then Naaman doubles down on his declaration by really placing himself in this subservient position when he says to the prophet Elisha, please accept this gift from your, from your servant. Church, don't miss this. I propose that God's touch on Naaman's heart, really, and, and Naaman's life transforms him from being a man who is concerned about himself and his needs into a man who illustrates humility evidenced by his action to return to the prophet Elijah's house to say thank you. Now you say, well, Mike, isn't that the, the right thing to do? It's the right thing to do, but, you know, there's no guarantee. I mean, yes, God healed him. 
And understand that the nation of Israel and the nation of and, and Aram, they're still somewhat enemies. And, and, you know, the nation of Aram was sort of the top dog. But by Naaman's willingness and activity to return back to to Israel instead of heading straight on home to, to Syria, I propose illustrates for you and me that his heart is changed. Changed heart, changed focus. Humility is a marker of, really, God's activity. So today I want you to evaluate yourself, okay? This is really the crux of our conversation today. I want you to evaluate yourself, and I want you to ask yourself, where do you tend to place your, your focus? You know, if you were to evaluate yourself, and, and, and you know, are you someone who is, is selfish, now, don't be, don't be defensive, you know, be, be honest with, with yourself. Are you someone who tends to be maybe more concerned about your own needs or your own wants or your own stuff? Or do you generally tend to focus on other people? You know, Jesus was once asked, you know the story, what's the greatest commandment and how did Jesus respond? He said, love the, love the Lord your God. Put your focus on God, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, love others. Outward focused. Now, is that always easy to do? No way, right? It's not natural. It's, I don't think, because of our sin tendency, it, it, we're not even inclined necessarily to be other focused. But friends, Many of you have experienced this to be true, and it's hope for you and me today is that with God's help, we can become that way. I submit that being other-focused requires humility, and humility is a marker of God's activity. So here's how we're going to close today, just with a simple prayer. And so wherever you might be, if you're tuning in from your living room or from your car or maybe from some airport like I just came from last night, I invite you to just close your eyes if, 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 if that makes you kind of tune everything out. And I want you to pray this prayer, hands open, heart open, mind open. Pray this prayer in your heart. Say, Heavenly Father, please help me to be other focused. Heavenly Father, please shape in my life a humility that showcases itself through gratitude and appreciation and generosity. God, please increase my capacity. God, please increase our capacity to be more generous. God, please help us, please help me to be someone who focuses on other people's needs, not just my own. One more thing. Say, Jesus, please forgive me for my selfish tendencies. And Jesus, please help me to be quicker to say thank you. Heavenly Father, today I'm inviting you to change my heart. Yes? Changed heart, changed focus. It's in Jesus' name I pray, we pray, and everybody said, Amen. Thanks for tuning in today.
Look forward to hearing from many of you. I want to say thank you to those of you who acted upon last week's a challenge to send me a prayer request. I'm joining you uh, in that. I'm excited. It's just fun for me to be able to be engaged in your life. And so again, if you have a prayer request or something that you would love for me to just be aware of in your life, use your Palm Harvest app. Use the prayer request uh, submission form and instantly I will get in a word and I can join you on your journey. So have a great week, everybody. I look forward to hearing those praise reports of how God's developing humility in your life. Um, God bless you and I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Palm Harvest podcast. We would love to get to know you. So download the Palm Harvest app for free and fill out our connection card. Your continued support helps us spread hope around the world. You can also give in our app and find out more about our community.